I don't know about you, but it seems everywhere I turn, people are angry. We're angry at the way others drive, angry at the way others talk, angry about, (laughs) well, everything. Join us today as Pastor Rander gives us some sound biblical teaching about how we as Christians should act and react to the outside pressures the world places on us in this message, How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. You know, so somebody else is having a mountain of an issue, and here you come with your whole pile of grievances. They don't need to hear that then. That's not time for you to be, well, now you told me all that. Let me tell you what I'm going through. Well, now, wait a minute. They don't need what you're going through on them. They can't handle what they're going through. Okay? They're not in any shape to help you. they in a mess. And now here you are. Now I heard yours. Let me tell you, child, what's going on with me. No, 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 that's not time. Maybe another time, but not at that time when you're trying to help and minister. Number five, if you're going to minister to to angry people, offer to pray with them. For prayer has a way of diffusing and disarming those who are angry. Offer to pray. I mean, when somebody ranting and raving and all, man, they're going all off the charts. Listen, son, child, uh, if your wife, baby, come here. Let's sit down. You put your hands around them or your whole hands. And I, I think it's time to pray. Let's pray. I mean, you earnestly pray and you don't pray no little two cent prayer. You pray from the heart. Lifting that person up in prayer and begin to bathe them in prayer. You see, James 5.16 says, confess your sins, your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Healed. I mean, people are healed through prayer. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much, much, much is done through prayer. Prayer has a way of disarming the anger, of diffusing the anger. Number six, don't seek a quick fix to the angry person's problem. Don't seek a quick fix to the angry person's problem. Often angry people just want to be listened to. They just want to be listened to. Before they can finish sharing what they, uh, what's, what's in their heart, well, here's what you got. You got five points ready to to shoot at them with, here's what you do, here's what you didn't do, and boom, 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 boom. You know, you got all the answers. And a lot of times, uh, they just want you to to just hear them. Sometimes just being able to talk somebody, talk to someone, is a way of releasing those pent-up emotions. James 1.19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Don't be so quick to talk. Do more listening than talking. Let them talk their uh, heart to you without interruptions, without trying to have that quick fix of an answer. Number seven, refuse to allow unforgiveness of their misbehavior to hinder your relationship with God and the one who is angry. Sometimes the misbehavior of the angry person to you to the point that you can't forgive 
them. You cannot minister effectively while harboring bitterness and unforgiveness to the person who is angry. You know, if you go, if you're going to help people, then you better make sure all of the bitterness is out of your own heart, that you have a forgiving spirit and that you know how to let go and let God because if you got piled, if you got bitterness and unforgiveness all piled up in you, all you're going to do is perhaps put on more hurt and make the person angrier and make a bad situation worse. Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another. Got to bear with that person. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. Say forgiving each other. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must, then say should, must forgive. Must forgive. You can't help people until you've been helped yourself. That's right. That's right. You can't help people until you've been healed yourself. You can't help people unless you have forgiven persons who are angry and perhaps hurt you in a manner that's still resonating with you some kind of way. Number eight, maintain a non-defensive attitude when dealing with people who are angry. The more you defend yourself, the angrier and more aggressive the other person becomes because they feel they are not being heard. You know, they're talking to you and, they, and they're trying to share to you, but, and then they say, well, here's, here's why I'm angry at you. Perhaps they're angry at you and they begin to give you this whole list. No, this didn't happen. What was going on here was because of this. No, no, you just misunderstand me because of that. No, 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 no. Don't go there with me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Hold it. Maintain a non-defensive attitude. The more you defend yourself, the angrier and more aggressive the other person becomes because they feel they are not being heard. Proverbs 12, 18 says, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. I love that from the New Living Translation. Y'all need to underline that. Y'all need to take that home with you. Some people make cutting remarks. In other words, a person is telling you why they are angry at you, perhaps. Maybe the husband explained themselves about why the wife made the husband mad, or the husband made the wife mad, or the children are mad at the parents for whatever reason, or parents mad at the children for whatever reason. And what you got to understand that making cutting remarks becomes so inflammatory. Proverbs 12, 18 says, some people make cutting remarks. Does your remarks cut? I mean, just cut. Some spouses get so cut up, there's not another place you can put a Band-Aid on. Just cut up. But the words of the wise bring healing. Wise bring healing. Number nine, if at all possible, find a way to agree with it with at least part of what the angry person is saying without compromising the truth. 
if at all possible, find a way to agree with at least a part. It may not be much you can find, but find something that you can agree with. Find some common ground. That begins some leverage. That, that begins to give you something to work with, and the person don't think they're all bad. If at all possible, find a way to agree with at least part of what the angry person is saying without compromising the truth. They could be as wrong as they can be, and they, uh, you, there's a whole litany of things going on there. But you say, you know what, I do understand why you felt this way about this particular thing. Find that one thing, even if they're just as wrong, find that one thing. Let them know that uh, they're not all bad. You know, it's just like a child that makes all A's and a B. And you're not talking about the A's, it's just hopping on the B, you know. So find something. Uh, uh, if they made all D's, uh, C. I'm trying to come up with something. <laughs> well, you made a C here. Thank God for the C. Now, what we need you to do, son, is to pull those other C's up. And they made all F's in a D. Now, that's pretty bad. But say something positive about that D. Well, at least you didn't flunk this one. <laughs> Now, let's see, can we bring these other D's up and maybe that C can become a B. We go, it's a gradual thing here. It's a gradual thing, you know. Find something positive, you know. Find something positive and all these good things. Number 10, if your safety is threatened, remove yourself and your children to a safe place. Sometimes y'all think this is women, but sometimes this can be a man moving the children. Sometimes women have to get away from men, and sometimes men have to get away from women. You got some women that'll slap men all over the floor. <laughs> Listen, do not return. <laughs> do not return until the angry, out of control person has agreed to seek biblical counseling for dealing with their anger and is making progress. Loving a person unconditionally does not mean putting yourself in harm's way. Did y'all hear what I just said? I love you, baby, but I love you, but I'm not going to let you knock one tooth out at a time. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to subject my children to this kind of violence and this kind of disruption. I don't want emotionally disturbed kids. Somebody got to get some help. So if... If your safety is threatened, remove yourself and your children to a safe place. Do not return until the angry, out-of-control person has agreed to seek biblical counseling. Not not just any kind of counseling. Say biblical. biblical. Counseling for dealing with their anger and is making progress. Loving a person unconditionally does not mean putting yourself in harm's way. Number 11. Be careful not to make any physical contact or sudden moves <laughs> when dealing with angry people. Defensive, agitated people are not at their best. They're emotionally disturbed. They're not thinking straight. And you make a sudden move, uh, they can misread your body language and react physically. You know, you know don't, don't just raise your hand up and come and scratch your head. 
You know, they thinking you finna do something. And then all of a sudden they've knocked you out and you were just trying to scratch your head. You know? So, so <laughs> don't make sudden moves. Move slow. Move slow. Your body language speaks volumes. Speaks volumes. So be careful not to make any sudden moves. Uh, so, cause you don't know what they're subject to do. They're on the edge and they can go off. Number 12, avoid getting into a shouting match. Proverbs 51 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You want to stir up more anger? Just give them a word for a word, give her a word for a word, and your volume begin to go up and up and up, and all of a sudden your neighbors three doors down can hear you screaming and hollering at each other. They say they're killing each other, and then they hear, there they go, they're driving to church, they're just screaming. They going to church? <laughs> I can't believe they going to church. I've heard every four-letter word in the book. In the book, you see. So, so you got you got to realize. Don't don't stop screaming and shouting. I've been married last Sunday. I was married thirty-four years to my wife. I've never yelled or screamed at my wife. I've never pushed my wife. I've never slammed the door or threw a chair down. I'm not doing that. I've, I've never hit my wife. I've never even acted like I was going to hit her. I've never threatened her. That make her feel insecure. Uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. I love her too much. We want flesh. So that's how we've been together 34 years. You know, you know, if you get that mad enough to hit, you better go somewhere Sit yourself down, close the door, get on your knees, and stay there. Stay there. Don't get up too fast. If you can pray and get up and go slap somebody, you got up too quick. Get back on your knees. I've got a virgin face. My face has never been slapped. And I'm going to keep it that way, so help me go. You got a virgin faith. I don't know. Uh-uh. I'm not going to do all that. Oh, no. I prayed long and hard for my wife. I prayed all the time when I was single. Lord, give me a good wife. Give me one I can sleep with and don't have to worry about ice picks. <laughs> I don't have to worry about hot water, lime, and acid. You know? <laughs> God, help me, Jesus. I want, because you know I'm a loving, nice man, Lord, and I want to give me somebody I can snore with. (laughs) Some of y'all can't have sleep because you scared of them. That's why you sleep so comfortably in the other room. (laughs) Chapter 13. Believe it or not, I'm almost done. You diffuse anger in others through humility. You diffuse anger through gentleness. And you diffuse anger through patience. That's what you do. You diffuse anger through humility. 
gentleness, and patience. Now let me tell you something. Arrogance and pride only provokes more anger and worsens the situation. You all high and self-righteous and cocky and you coming down on the person because they made a mess and you just letting them have it, you know? And uh, when you're dealing with an anger person, don't have that self-judgmental spirit. Don't be cocky. Don't be arrogant, but rather be humble, gentle, and patient. Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 says, with all lowliness, that's humility, and gentleness, that's kindness, with long-suffering, that's patience, bearing with one another in what? Love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And you can't do that through pride and arrogance, beloved. Number 14, surrender your right to retaliate. Remember that God is the righteous judge. Okay? Surrender your right. We all have a right to retaliate. We want to get back. We've been hurt. We've been bruised. Somebody has done us in. And somebody has deceived us, stolen from us, abused us. That's that sinful proclivity that we have. You know, you, you, you bring the worst out of us. I, you know, you don't know who you're messing with. I lay my religion down. If you can lay it down, there's not much of a religion. I want a religion that can keep me. As a matter of fact, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Religious folk can do anything. It was religious folk that put Jesus on the cross. So you're not saying much when you say religious. You can be religiously lost. But we needed some saved folk who knows how to hold back when your wrath could come down. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. I know how to get them. I can get them like you can't get them. I'm God. Since vengeance belongs to the Lord, we must not usurp God's authority by taking matters into our own hands. When you take matters into your own hand, you are usurping the authority of Almighty God. And God says, why are you playing God in my place? Why were you so antsy that you couldn't be still and let me fight your battle? Why did you go ahead of me and make a bad situation worse? Now you're crying out to me to help you. You see, I want to say this as well. Realize that sometimes God will deal with the angry person without your help. <laughs> you can't fix everybody. Sometimes folks don't even want to be fixed. In other words, there may come some times when you just have to leave it alone and pray because any angle you look at it, all you can do is make it worse. And all you say, you know what? If I do this, this going to happen. If I say this, that's going to happen. If I do that, that's going to happen. If I do that, that's going to happen. Well, what am I going to do? When you got through analyzing that and God, God will tell you sometimes, leave it alone. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever messed with something and you tamper with it 
and you wish to God you had left it alone. I believe I'm talking to somebody in here. I mean, you just, you, 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 you wish you had it, but you, but you had to get yourself, you just knew you had to, and it, why did I have to say that? Why did I have to go there? Why did I have to do that? Why was I so reactionary? Why couldn't I just left the matter in God's hand? Now you're frustrated with yourself. Why? Is the man or the woman of God who knows in the spirit of God when to just leave it alone. Now, there'll be other times when God wants you to do something. You say, well, how do I know the difference? You got to listen to God. Got to listen to God. One more and I'll be done. Listen, if you're going to minister to angry people, loving the one who is angry does not mean you tolerate or encourage their sinful lifestyle. Okay? Loving the one who is angry does not mean you tolerate or encourage their sinful lifestyle. They're sinning all over the place. They're angry. They don't want you lovingly uh, confronting them, and they want to have it their way. There are times when you have to draw the line in the sand and not let your whole house go down in sin. First Peter 4, 8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. You know, but however, that sins that's been forgiven. Forgiven. In other words, love does not overlook sin, but rather lovingly help those who are struggling to be reconciled first to God and others. I love him, but I'm going to overlook the sin. You're going to date him, but you see those sinful patterns and they bring you into sin. You cannot over parents, you cannot overlook your child's misbehavior and their ugliness and their rebellion. If they have that bent or proclivity toward it and they keep doing things over and over after you've talked and talked, then you have to lovingly, firmly display tough love and may have to do the very thing you don't want to do, but it's best for your child and will perhaps hurt you more than it will hurt them. The reason some of our children get worse is because we try to save them too much. Sometimes there come a moment in time you have to take their freedom. You have to put them somewhere. Sometimes you have to transfer them temporarily so they can come to the end of themselves. When they begin to smell themselves too much. Don't, you, you got to love them. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, that's, that's, oh, oh, oh. Stop that. Sometimes love has to be tough. And when they look back years later, they'll say, Mama or Daddy, 
I thought you were the meanest person on this side of the Mississippi River, but I'm glad you did that because you, you saved me some future implications to my behavior. Sometimes you got to do the thing you dread doing. You can't bail your child out every time they make a mess. You know, sometimes they need to, to experience the consequences of their misbehavior. Especially when they know better and been taught better and they've seen truth and they know truth. We are not going to have it. And that's the bottom line. If you can't do any better in this house, we need to, we need to transfer you. Transfer you. We're not going to, you're not going to break up my marriage. I was married before I had you. Married before you had you. When you gone, I'm still going to be married to her. That's my wife. Might be your mama, but that's my wife. Oh, God, I'm feeling kind of funny in here. Galatians 6 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, that could be a child, that could be a wife, that could be a mother, that could be a father, that could be a deacon, a preacher, an elder, whoever. If a man or woman is overtaken in any sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Loving the one who is angry and who is in sin and all this does not mean you tolerate or encourage their sinful lifestyle. And all God's children said. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.